Hello, hello, Sam here. And I have a few questions for you. One, are you an amazing human who happens to live in Denver, Colorado? Two, are you an anti-diet professional, an eating disorder professional, a dietitian, a nutrition student, an RD to be? If so, I am hosting an event on Sunday, October 8th at One Shot Back in Denver. Come grab a cocktail, a mocktail, and connect with me. This is a super casual anti-diet Sunday fun day. Some of you, if you're in the nutrition field, know that Fancy and the Wind Symposium are going to be in Denver that weekend, and I'm going to be out there with the Fine Food Freedom team, and I thought, why not throw a little soiree, if you will? You do not have to be a nutrition professional to come to this event. If you're someone who listens to the pod and you're like, oh yeah, I want to come hang out. Amazing. We will definitely FaceTime Jenna because she's going to be out on maternity leave then, but come hang out, come connect with other like-minded humans who believe in making peace with food and body and diversity. It's going to be fun. There's a ton of games there. There's even a golf simulator. Like we're going to be swinging clubs. So please, 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 if you are interested, go to bit.ly forward slash anti-diet Denver. Again, that's bit.ly. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash anti-diet Denver. Bit.ly forward slash anti-diet Denver to grab a ticket. Your ticket gets you a free cocktail mocktail access to all the games. We're going to get a food truck. It's going to be so fun. And all of the proceeds will benefit an eating disorder support group. So it really doesn't get better than this. And I can't wait to meet you in real life. What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human beings too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how many years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual combo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. We are so grateful that you're here. So if you enjoy this podcast and want to connect further, we invite you to follow along on Instagram at what the actual fork pod and subscribe rate and review our podcast so we can continue to share this message with more and more people. Now let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of what the actual fork podcast. Today we had Dr. Taylor Arnold on the podcast. Dr. Taylor Arnold had been on the podcast. Oh gosh. I don't even know how many seasons ago with us, but she is amazing. If you have children, if you are an aunt or uncle or grandparent or just a human in a child's life, you're going to want to follow Dr. Taylor Arnold on Instagram. Her account is at growing intuitive eaters and that's growing dot intuitive dot eaters periods between all the words. 
And Dr. Taylor Arnold has her PhD. She's RDN. She is a kid nutrition expert. If you want your kid to have a healthy relationship with food, you want to be a cycle breaker and break the generational trauma of having your child be obsessed with their body or obsessed with food, she is a must follow. Now, I even in this episode share so many things that I went through when I was very newly postpartum with Sienna of, you know, being a mom, being a dietitian, just expecting to know how to feed my child or how I was going to feel about feeding my child. But a lot of anxieties came up for me. So this is an amazing episode with Taylor. You are going to want to have your notes at app up. You're going to want to have a journal out. She has amazing resources for you. Um, So I'm just going to jump right into it with her because it is a good one with back to school. You are going to be set for your kiddos, no stresses because this episode is going to take care of you. So enjoy this episode with Dr. Taylor Arnold. Welcome back to the podcast, Taylor. Excited to have you here. And you already know this question because you've been here before, but your answer will probably be different. I'd have to go back and listen to the first time we had you on. We want to know your what the actual fork moment of the week, of the month, of the year. So something diet culture related, something related to nutrition, something related to body image, something related to kids nutrition, anything that you can think of that stopped you in your tracks and made you say what the actual fork. Oh, yes. Um, so I posted this week about how short school lunches are. And yes, I saw that video. And um, it's just like, I know they're short, but every time I hear people's stories of like, when I have to wait in the 20 minute lunch line and we have 25 minutes for lunch, I have to eat in five minutes. And then, you know, I have no, like, I can't finish my kid can't finish her lunch. It just blows me away. That's so frustrating and upsetting when I hear that. Yes. When that's obviously such an important part of the day for kids to sit, to eat, to come into community, to refuel. What was your favorite school lunch growing up? Like, were you, were you a packer? Were you a buyer? Were you a little bit of both? So my mom always packed my lunch. I never like packed my own lunch. And now looking back, I'm like, I'm not doing that. Like my kid is going to be packing her own lunch pretty soon. Okay. Um, so I, I don't like strawberry jelly, peanut butter and jelly because of that. I like was always disappointed (laughs) even into high school, but I liked pizza days. Pizza days were the best pizza and like a big old cookie. That was my favorite. Yes. Did you guys have the stuffed crust pizza? I feel like there was like a kind of pizza that was just the school lunch pizza that had stuff. No, my high school had like a really small kitchen. And so they ordered out. So it was like Domino's pizza. Oh, that's like, that's amazing. Yeah, it was, Ours it was, was like wonderful. Frozen, I don't know. I also, <laughs> no, we had the, good, we had the goods. <laughs> yeah. Well, now there's even, I've heard there's schools that have like Chick-fil-A's or, you know, whatever establishment set up in their school, almost like a mall type lunch like a food court I'm like oh my gosh that would have been amazing I remember getting excited over an Uncrustable (laughs) oh yeah I know Uncrustables but now I've made my own Uncrustables for my kids it's really easy that you can buy these little cutters on Amazon yeah and it is not like extra it's not like this fancy schmancy thing it takes like 30 seconds and bam dinosaur shaped Uncrustable and you're the coolest mom ever I love that. I actually think I need to, you're like reminding me that I need to. It's like $8. It's worth it. It is so worth it. (laughs) I'm sure it is. Amazing. Okay. So 
school lunches are too short. I love that one for a what the actual fork moment because we have a lot of a lot of professionals that come in the pod that are more specific to adults. But I love how we're transitioning right into your topic of kid nutrition. And so, oh, there's so many questions I want to ask you. I don't even know where to start. But I guess we talk about back to school stuff. Because since it's back to school. I feel like we should. I feel like we should at least dabble with it. So you tell me, give us an elevator pitch just in case people haven't listened to part one, which we will link it in the show notes so they can go back and listen to our first episode with you. But give us just like a 30 second who you are, what you do, why you're here. Sure. Okay. So my name is Dr. Taylor Arnold. You can call me Taylor. um, And I help parents raise kids who have healthy relationships with food. Um, I specialize in working with parents who struggle with eating disorders or disordered eating and don't want to pass it on to their kids. Parents who want their kids to eat more vegetables, but don't want to inject a whole bunch of diet culture into, you know, their kids eating habits. Parents who are struggling with picky eating and starting solids and just want like an evidence-based just want evidence-based information on how to approach those topics without a whole bunch of annoying diet culture nonsense. So that's what I do. And yeah, feeding kids is my jam. I love it. I love it. And personally, you have three boys, correct? I have a daughter. She's five. She just started kindergarten this week. It was so exciting. Or last week. Oh my gosh, it was so exciting. And then my three-year-old son is in preschool. And then my one-year-old just started like the toddler Montessori preschool this week. And it is just, I can't believe they're growing up. It goes so fast. And yeah, your son is like almost identical age of my daughter. So I don't know why, you know what? I was talking to Heather Kaplan last week at Wind Nutrition and she has three boys. I was like, why am I thinking of three boys? And then Jenna has her second boy on the way. So I think I'm just like everyone I'm talking to is in boy zone right now. Um, Well, not only professionally do you obviously have the experience with feeding kids being your jam, but personally, you're doing it a lot as well, which having that lived experience paired, yes, paired with the, (laughs) the professional, you know, and I, I told you off air before we started recording how my daughter is home from daycare right now this week for teacher planning. And I was looking at her, I don't know if yesterday, today, I don't know, all the days are blending. And I was like, you like children do just eat all day long. Like it's amazing. They're just, it's just like never stopping and they love food and it's so fun for them. And so that, that just brings me so much joy, but I'm like, this is like a full-time job just feeding you um, alone. I feel like I'm always cleaning the kitchen when they're home. I said that to my husband. Like you just finished cleaning and then they're like messing it up again. (laughs) Yes. And with the high chair, you're wiping it down. It's like a whole thing, whole thing. Yes. Okay. So feeding kids. We talked school lunch, like packing school lunches versus buying back to school is here. So give us some of your biggest hot topics, questions that you're seeing from parents with back to school or just any back to school tips you have for feeding your children in ways that will not instill guilt and shame and cultivate a healthy relationship with food. Sure. So I think it's important for parents to like touch base with teachers or admin at the beginning of the school year, just to like get ahead of potential issues that can arise. Um, and so I always recommend that parents talk to teachers and ask them a couple questions. Um, number one is do, does the school weigh the kids for any reason ever? Um, <clears throat> unless you feel like there's a medical reason that your child needs to be weighed at school, which would be few and far between possibly if they are taking a weight-based medication administered by the school nurse, um, I would opt them out 
almost under almost every circumstance um, and see like how you do that. Do you need to send a note to the principal? Do you need to send a note to the school nurse? From a professional perspective, it's almost never necessary to weigh kids in a school setting. Um, There's so many stories of it done not in private and it causing like I have so many parents and adults who even aren't parents yet or just like what I talk about and resonate with it, come into my comments and say like, being weighed at school was the straw that broke the camel's back when it comes to my eating disorder. And it's just not worth it. It is just not worth it. Um, so have your kid growth tracked at the pediatrician, not at school. Um, so that's the first thing I do. Second is if your kid is older, like elementary school, tweens, even high school, ask if there's a diet tracking assignment um, in the curriculum. And then you need to decide uh, either yourself or with your kid, if they're a little bit older, how you want to approach that. If you want to opt them out, if you want to ask for an alternate assignment, if your child is going to complete the assignment and you're going to do some like repair work or discuss the diet culture aspect of it at home, I can't tell you what's right for your family, but just know that like, there's a lot of potential harm when it comes to asking kids to like track their calories in school. Um, so, and then you can also ask if the teachers do any good versus bad food lessons. Um, that's something I'm actually posting about it next week on like how to talk to the teachers about it. Um, but you know, that's kind of like a gray area. I don't, I would never recommend a teacher do a good versus bad food lesson. Do I think it's going to like irreparably like give your, do I think it's going to give your kid an eating disorder? No, it's certainly a big load of diet culture that they're going to get exposed to. It's not a necessity for them to learn that. But if you like want to repair at home after they have that lesson and talk about the potential harms from that, that's a feasible option. You can opt them out. Um, You know, there's so many options for you as a parent on how you want to address that. But those are kind of like the big three. Um, Also, when it comes to just lunches, like, is there anything I'm not allowed to send? For like health reasons, usually like it's like a no net school. Um, oh, another one is you can ask, do they have any requirements in the cafeteria? Like, are they required to eat certain foods first? Like I hear a lot of like, you know, they, they make you save the chocolate chips or like the sweetened yogurt for the end because it has sugar in it and it has to be a dessert. So is there any sort of meddling in what you put in your kids' lunch boxes? Um, <clears throat> and then I want to add know that a lot of times these policies aren't coming from teachers. Teachers are amazing, wonderful angels of human beings. <laughs> and it's not, sure it's are. usually not them. Um, and so oftentimes they're, they're required to like enforce these policies that sometimes they don't even agree with. Um, so if you're frustrated, please don't take your frustrations out on, on our teachers, bring it up with your admin on how you can uh, make some change within your child's school. As you very well know, Jenna, <laughs> sickness has been rampant <laughs> in the private household. Oh. And we just wrapped up our home construction, which I'm super had a lot going excited on. <laughs> about. So there's been good and bad. But with new home construction means we didn't have our blinds up and we were spending a lot of hours in bed. And I was so thankful for my blissy silk eye mask that they sent us. When I tell you that thing is the most like gentle, <laughs> soft, like, I don't even know how to explain it, but our room was so bright and Luke and I went to bed at like 6 p.m. and it's like light out until like nine here. That eye mask saved my life and it was so comfy. So that is going to be a staple in my house now. 
do you know that I haven't like I've I've shared previously that like I don't have anything ready for baby at the moment, but all I do know is that that eye mask is going in my hospital bag sure is. when a baby is born because I put it on my face as well and it is just so soft and breathable, but also just like a hug for your eyes. And I feel like it just puts me right to sleep. So if you guys are interested, Blissy products are the best silk products on the market, specifically pillowcases and these wonderful eye masks that we're talking about. They have a ton of different prints and colors and they make great gifts because there is an option for literally anyone. Men love them too. They have over one and a half million raving fans and you could be next. Try risk-free for 60 nights at blissy.com forward slash fork and get an additional 30% off. That's blissy, B-L-I-S-S-Y dot com slash fork and use code fork to get an additional 30% off sleep cooler this summer and beyond with blissy. And now maybe I should get one for Matt for his hospital bag too. (laughs) I think that's a good idea. As you were talking, I feel like I was thinking of so many clients that I've supported, adult clients, of course, who are trying to repair their own relationship with food and body, who some of the their first diet culture experiences were in a school setting. Specifically, I yeah. feel like a lot of phys ed or like gym class, right? Oh, yeah. the, whether it's weighing or like forcing... I remember being like forced to run a mile. Like who cares if you can run a mile or not? First of all, that has nothing like that is just a wild test. Like I remember kids throwing up. I remember th- there was so much to that. Or like you said, yes, yes. Yeah. Like just things that are not necessities or how many push-ups we could do or sit-ups we could do. What was that? It was some type of fitness test. I forget what it the was The president's called. physical fitness yes. test. It's like, where does, yeah. why, why? But yes, I love all of those. Um, so we'll have to we'll have to link that post for you because this will come out just a few weeks after that. So the post that you make for some of the back to school stuff or the good was it the good versus bad food that you were talking about? Yeah, how to talk to the teacher, yes. and I'm also in the works of making like a little card that you can put in your kid's lunchbox. It's like laminated. That I mean, you would have to laminate it at home. I'm not gonna do that, but anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna laminate my own and put it in the lunchbox and saying like along the lines of like, please, you know, let my child eat this food in any order that they want. I'm comfortable with what they're eating. I want them to trust their body, that sort of thing. Just so that like, if anybody ever does say like, oh, you need to save those chocolate chips to the end, your kid can like flash their card. You can have their phone number on it. And then, so they don't have to like argue with the teacher. Um, And then if it becomes a persistent problem, obviously that's be something that you would contact the admin about, but just like, as like a backup safety measure, if your kids are eating in the cafeteria because they have lunch aids and people rotating in yes. that you might not be able to talk to on a regular basis. So I think that's going to be also a nice tool for parents to have. That is an amazing tool. Um, I love the idea of that, especially because like you said, the the child doesn't need to be the one chatting right. with an adult about any of these things. Right. So that is not a their great, job. Yes. So that's a great safety net to just hand that over and, and let the card do the work. Yep. So, okay. These are amazing tips for back to school that I think so many parents are are going to really, really appreciate. Welding instructor, Alex declare knows firsthand how VR training platforms like forge FX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go, look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. 
The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Another thing I, w- I want to get to, because I feel like you have so many amazing videos on this on Thank TikTok you. and on Instagram, of course, of how to respond to, I guess we could say loved ones slash humans. It doesn't have to necessarily be loved ones, but I feel like so many of our listeners are working on repairing their own relationship with food and body. And so they're taking like that first step to help their children cultivate that healthy relationship with food and body. But as you and I both know, once you start doing that, it's like, okay, this is our safe space, right? Like the home is the safe space. But once we bring people into the home or we go out to social events where we don't have the control of what other people are saying or what their relationship with food and body is, that's where it gets, that's the gray area, right? So if someone, um, I have your Instagram pulled up right in front of my face. Okay. So I love the one you did where um, responding to they're eating too much food. Yes. Right. So how do parents or guardians keep their children safe? Like how do we set boundaries with people that make comments on how much our children are eating? Um, yeah, that's a great question. I think that one of are they eating too much food really strikes a chord because in their heart of hearts, a lot of parents are worried about that because of the diet culture that we were raised in. Like I get so many comments like, my kid eats more than me. My kid is eating like four servings. Is it really like, can they eat too much food? When do I need to cut them off? And, and I think there's like an inherent fear of like your kid getting fat. There's a fear of carbs. There's a Mm -hmm. fear of calories and all of these things are playing into that. And that's part of the reason why parents are worried about that. So the first thing is I want to assure you that, um, assuming we have ruled out all medical conditions and your child has the proper support they need for like sensory needs, medical conditions, et cetera. Um, and, and even in those situations, we, we, your child should be able to listen to their body at mealtimes. And there's no like serving size per age that you need to stick to. There's no like cut off amount. Um, and I think that's something that's hard for parents to like accept sometimes because it just feels, even if you can't pinpoint why it just kind of sometimes feels like not good that your kid is eating so much. And I think that originates from a lot of the diet culture that we were raised in. Um, so first is you got to address that internal mindset, which is so hard. I know it's easier said than yes. And I also want to inject interject as someone who like, is obviously a certified intuitive being counselor. I just had my daughter who is now 14-ish months old. Mm-hmm. So I'm a first-time parent. I don't subscribe to diet culture. I, f- I was like, oh, this is going to be easy. Because <laughs> like, I have all these beliefs that I've unpacked. But then like, it's just like this human outside of your body. I have no idea how much she should be eating. Again, not like from the sense of like, is she getting enough? Right. Like that started from the very beginning because she was smaller as a baby. So constantly I thought I wasn't giving her enough breast milk and that I wasn't doing enough. So that started there for me, that fear. Right. And then now just watching how much babies really do eat. And I'm like, I, I, you just don't know what you don't know until you go through it. 
So, right. And then there's all this talk about serving size that makes you question it. I'm like, is she getting the right nutrients? And it's like, I'm a fucking dietitian and I don't, I don't know. Like, (laughs) and I think it's just like, until you're, cause you don't, you don't know how you're going to respond to a human being that you created eating food until you're in that situation, if that makes sense. And like, and no, it's true. Like completely unrelated to the diet culture stuff. So I'm, cause I, I constantly think about that while I'm watching her eat is like, what if I was so still subscribed to diet culture, how much harder this would be? Like how much I would be like, oh my God, like what's going on? Because now I fully trust her. It's just, I'm still like trying to figure out what to do. So that's why I'm so happy that you're here to tell us all of this. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, kids like their, their intake is so variable, like they're growing, but growth is not linear. Um, so, you know, they may be like growing more rapidly in some parts of their childhood than others. They may be expending more energy. Like it's summer, it's hot. Like they're like utilizing more of their reserves to play all day. Like maybe they're not feeling good. All of these things play into your child possibly being more hungry or not. And so it just, it really depends on the day. Like it's normal for your kid to like have three servings of spaghetti one night. And then the next day have like a grape. With like yes normal <laughs> or like their preferences like sienna right. sienna since birth would not touch a banana like not even if i put it like near her she would make the funniest face i'm like all right i guess you're not a banana girl and i was eating a banana day and she just grabbed out of my hand and ate an entire banana and i was just staring at her like oh my yeah. god you want to get been... your kids to eat pretend like it's your food and not yes. theirs that's oh my god good... that's like that's the number one tip from this <laughs> podcast episode but i've been wanting her to like bananas just because they're such an easy fruit like to yeah. hand over and it doesn't go bad as quickly as some others and so today i just like watched her eat a banana and i'm like oh my god like we've tried this for 14 months and here we yeah. are so it's just that constant exposure too Yes. yes. <laughs> Total so, <win>. okay. <laughs> Responding to the comments about that though, like eating more. Um, I know it's hard and I know that in those videos, like I seem uber confident, but like, mind you that I am talking to my phone with nobody around. So when I am actually having these conversations, um, you bet your booty, my hands are sweating and my voice is a little shaky. Okay. So I just want to put that out there <laughs> that it is different when I am making the videos that when I'm actually in the moment, and it does make me a little nervous to, to have confrontation, especially with family members. But with something like that, I always recommend intervening right away and just saying like, um, you know, it's really important to us that, you know, she listens to her body. I trust her to listen to her body. Please don't make comments about what she's eating. And you don't need to give more explanation. Like sometimes I talk in my videos a little bit more. I offer an explanation of our approach or like sometimes, you know, the, the glasses character, which I'm wearing my glasses right now, but she's always a sassy one, um, gives a little sass back and we go into it more, but you don't owe anyone an explanation for how you're feeding your kids. They are your kids. You are the one making the decisions. And if, if you want to end the conversation there, that's fine know that there may be some instances where the person may push and you can either choose to engage or remove your child and yourself from that situation. And that, that sucks that that person puts you in that position, but you know, it is what it is. Sometimes people do really shitty things (laughs) and making comments about what your child is eating is definitely one of them. Yes. Whether it's eating too much or not enough. Right. I think that one goes either way of just, 
it's and and I think like you said so much of if we're talking to current younger parents like kind of the millennial generation so much of us grew up with parents who dieted or grew up with the chronic 90s dieting where it's like as soon as someone says something like that it triggers us and we're having this emotional response so now we're like triggered and we're trying to protect our child and set a boundary so but I I love how you're like I'm actually maybe not as confident in the moment and I think that's great that you say that because that's something that I chat with clients with all the time. And I'm sure that's something you do is like role play it, right? Like practice, maybe it's even having a phone note or, or having it somewhere. So if it does come up, you take a deep breath and you've practiced this a few times. So you can just say it simply, like you said, say it simply put, you don't owe an explanation. And the more you practice that, although it might feel weird practicing it when you're driving in the car or by yourself, it can help. So when that moment comes, it's like, I've practiced this. I've, I'm ready for this. And I know I can do this. Yeah. And I think, I mean, if you want the words, like I have a lot of those videos, you know, you could go and save them all into a playlist on your Instagram page and, and like have your partner drive on the way to the family function. And you're like, all right, where's the words? Where's the words? I mean, yes. you don't, <laughs> it's okay if you don't like feel like you can come up with the words on your own because it's a really stressful position. Then that's why I make those videos is because if you feel like in the moment, it's hard for you to think of what to say, prepping ahead with looking at those examples, I hope can be helpful. Yes. Yes. Super, super helpful. Well, this is the easiest ad ever because one, we're obsessed with cozy earth and two, I'm currently wearing them on my body. I don't think I could ever not work from home anymore because I wear cozy earth every day, not only to bed in my PJs, but also just around the house. And I wish people could see how comfortable and feel how comfortable these are. And I would love to add on to that, that the cozy earth joggers are one of the only pants that I am comfortable in at this moment in my pregnancy at 33 and a half weeks, they sit perfectly under the belly, which Honestly, I like so much better than the upper um, belly pants, right? They sit perfectly underneath and they're just like wearing just the most comfortable, luxurious pants that you could ever imagine. And I couldn't put a prenatal seal of approval on them more. <laughs> so they work for whether you're pregnant or not. Doesn't yes. even matter. They're so delectable. Oh my God, postpartum, they're going to be amazing. But Cozy Earth has provided us with an exclusive offer for our listeners today. 35% off site-wide. So you can pick whatever you like from that website when you use code FORK at checkout. We cannot wait to see what you guys pick. I feel like so many times with, with parents, it's like creating that healthy relationship with food and body for themselves is like air quotes, the hardest part. But then I'm like, no, sometimes I think the hardest part is you've done that work. And now you have to, like, it's almost like you have to build up this armor or this shield because diet culture, diet culture is always going to come at you in these other ways. Um, and we can't control what other people say or do. Right. Um, Like you feel like you've overcome this stuff of people commenting on your eating. And now, now all of a sudden you created this little human and people are commenting on their eating and you got to do it all over again. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And if you've overcome the diet culture, right? The food and body image struggles, it's like, you want to do everything possible to prevent, um, 
eating disorder, right? Or a dysfunctional relationship with food and body for your kiddos. But I like how you said earlier too, like with some of the school stuff we chatted about, I find parents or just people that I'm having conversations with to be so concerned of every, like you were saying, uh, an exercise done in school, right? A school assignment, like, and I, and don't get me wrong. I want to make it really clear. Like these things, like you said, are steeped in diet culture and harmful. But I think when we focus on that, instead of what can I control in the home, right? Because we can only control so much. So if we start to worry about every piece of diet culture that gets thrown at our children, we'll never stop worrying. So I love how you said, like, you. I think you used the word repair, like repair that conversation at home, like, and know that you don't have to prevent everything because that's physically impossible. Right. And will lead to extreme burnout and probably a mental breakdown. Exactly. Because you can't do that. And I think the older your kids get, the more you can equip them with that knowledge and these example scripts and just talking to them. So like, if you know, you have a seventh grader and somebody in their health class talks about bad food, like they could be like, Hey, that's not cool. Actually, you know, there, that's not a bad food. And, you know, maybe your kid doesn't want to speak up, but inside their head, they could be like, Oh, we talked to mom and I talked about this. I know that's wrong. And so depending, you know, every kid is different. Some might want to speak up, some might not, but it's cool to like equip them because you're using like school as a training ground for when they go into adulthood for so many things and their approach to food can be one of them. And, you know, when they go into the workplace, they're going to encounter diet culture. If they go to university, they're going to encounter diet culture. And so we don't want to like get them to 12th grade and you you've like played like you've blocked every yeah, single you're like a hockey diet culture goalie, in school. Just like yeah blocking all the shots but right right like there's a difference yeah. between like a three-year-old getting a good versus bad food lesson and like a seventh grader talking about that in health class and my approach would be different for those ages because as they get older you want to start arming them with the ability to think critically about where diet culture is being injected and um about, yeah, the truth of the nutrition science when it comes to what they're learning in schools. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love this so much. I think this conversation is going to be so, so helpful and just so comforting to parents because this is not the information that is unfortunately readily available and everywhere for parents. So I kind of want to throw a rapid fire at you. How do you feel about okay. that? If I just give you Go like for a it. topic and I want, and like, you can spend as much time as you want on the answer, but just like generally speaking, what you think about it. Go for okay. it. Sugar for kids under two. Um, I try to avoid sugar for kids under two, um, because we have lots of research that it can especially affect their teeth. Um, Mm -hmm. however, I also think that there's zero nuance with that when it comes to that public health recommendation. So for example, with me, with my daughter, super easy to avoid sugar under two. She was the first, we just waited until after she went to bed and ate our, whatever we wanted to eat. But now that she's five and, you know, last night or two nights ago, we were sitting at the table and we had ice cream and like my one-year-old is seeing her eat the sugar and he's like vigorously signing more, (laughs) very vigorously signing more. (laughs) And I think like that instance, I would rather 
have an enjoyable family moment, give him a little bit of ice cream, or you can make an alternative if you want. But like, honestly, I don't have time for that. So I gave him a little bit of ice cream. And like, we moved on with our day. I brush his teeth good. I give him lots of variety. I take other cavity prevention steps. You know, it it is what it is. Mm-hmm. It, you just have to decide what's most important for your family. But I think there's so much nuance missing. Now, yes. do I think that you're going to like forever damage your child's relationship with sweets if you wait until two? No, they have so much time. You can work on a healthy relationships with sweets after. It just depends on what works with your dyma- dynamic. With me, when my kids have older siblings, it's not doable. Yes. Um, so, you know, I'm mindful of the choking hazards. I really do avoid under one. But once they turn one and the siblings are having ice cream, like it's whatever for me. And we're talking like sweet treats as in like cookies, ice cream, yeah, yeah, what about yeah. added sugars and like a yogurt, like a fruited yogurt, things like that. Cause I've seen extreme and I'm sure you've seen this on TikTok where it's like, yeah, what's his fucking name? Bobby. I think. Oh yeah. <laughs> Not saying that I subscribe to him, but I know you probably have some, uh, some things to s- take up with yeah, this man. But he but wears like- shoes, doesn't he? He wears <laughs> shoes and a shirt in the store. I have, he's, he's there's the one a shirtless that, one too. I don't oh, know. He's not the shirtless one. <laughs> okay, okay. He's the one that like told his daughter, like she's in the oh, princess yeah. outfit and he's like, honey, oh, what is, I know that what made is, me sad. He says, what is Bobby? Not even what does daddy think? And I'm like, she refers interesting. Anyways, we're getting off topic here. So like sugar, like a, a yogurt with added sugar under two. Are we, are we going to be okay? You know? Yeah. You're going to be Okay. <laughs> First, I want to start with that. Um, but I will say it is super annoying to me that all of these yogurt companies market yogurt to kids that have the only have sugar. Like, why can a kid not eat a sugar-free yogurt? They can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's they nothing wrong with a sugar-free yogurt. Yeah. Right. So like if you start them with a plain Greek yogurt or Greek yogurt mixed with fruit at a young age, like that's going to be what they're used to. It's super annoying that all the kids' yogurt has a bunch of added sugar. I hate that. I also hate that it's all low fat. Like give me the full fatty yogurt for yes. my kids. They need it for their brains. I want the high fat. Yep. I have messaged several yogurt companies and I'm like, why are you not doing this? And they don't answer me. So Stonyfield, Go, go squeeze. I am putting you on the spot. Let's get some full fat yogurt for our kids. Oh my gosh. Um, You would be such a great, like, (laughs) what's the right word? Um, like an, not an advocate, but you should be like sitting on their board, like an advisor. Oh yeah. Like a consultant. I messaged them and said, I will consult for you. You Please. We need this yogurt. We're putting it out into the universe right now. Yeah. Um, so I give my kids sweetened yogurt pouches, the go-go squeeze ones because they are shelf stable. Um, and like my daughter's kindergarten snack, for example, isn't refrigerated. And sometimes I want her to have like some fat and protein with her snack. And so I'll send that if I have the refrigerated option, I will not offer sweetened yogurt. Um, I'll send like the yogurt tubes. Those have added sugar in them. They like them. I just try to choose the lower option, but Mm -hmm. some people can't afford that. Some people can't find that. Like the stony field yogurt that has the lower sugar, that is so expensive. It's so so expensive. I know it's extremely expensive. So your kid's going to be okay. If you have the beans and you have the ability to choose lower added sugar, do it. If that's the only yogurt that they will eat, and that's like an easy protein source in their lunchbox, send it and don't stress about it. They're going to be fine. It's, It's still a good option. Good. Good to know. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? 
maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Okay, um, baby led weaning versus purees. Give us your take. I just posted about this too. So there is um, like a fanatics. Actually, somebody in my comments called the baby led weaning purists, which I think is <laughs> such a good term. <laughs> but there is definitely like, it's the oh. Facebook mom groups. Those are so Is it like toxic. the crunchy granola ones that are like against every added it added? You know, everything? I don't, I think maybe they, I don't think that there's like a type. I just think some people go so into baby led weaning and I find them on Facebook. That's where they like really hang out and like <laughs> That's to talk where they to the hang. mom groups. Yeah. Um, baby led weaning is great. It is not the only way mm-hmm. your kid can become an adventurous, intuitive eater who loves all sorts of foods. If you do baby led weaning and they can also become that if you start with purees, what's most important is responsive feeding. So responding to your baby's cues, you can do that with both. Um, you got to be a little more in tune with it with purees of your spoon feeding because you have to like pay attention to when they're done because mm-hmm. you can easily continue to offer them the spoon if they're not, but you can absolutely do that. Um, or you can let them spoon feed themselves the puree and, uh, texture progression is very important. We want the progression to those lumpy bumpy t- textures by at least mm-hmm. nine months, or we're going to start mm-hmm. to see texture aversions. Okay. Um, and then flavor variety, but you can give that with purees. Like there are so many fun purees with spices added and all these herbs and yeah. like, you can do that with both. So do what works for you. I love, I love the traditional like baby led weaning style. Um, mm-hmm. but I hate how it's been like co-opted by all these angry moms on Facebook, <laughs> angry parents on Facebook. So I call it baby led feeding and love respond that. to your baby's cues. And you are doing baby led feeding. That's great. Love that. Love it. And I think it was a great answer where it's just very neutral. And it's like, you know what works best for your baby. It doesn't have to be this all or nothing because that goes back to diet cultures, like standards there. Yes. And your mental health as a parent matters too. Like if you have insane anxiety, handing over an avocado spear to your six month old baby, then Me. don't do it. Like feeding should be fun. It should be a good experience yes. for you and your baby. And if it is stressing you out like crazy, one, talk to a therapist, two, start with purees. And if it makes it easier for you, then that's amazing. And I love that. Yes. I think I had a lot of shame around that when I started solids with Sienna because I was so, my postpartum anxiety was horrible. And that one, like, I felt like we got in such a good groove of like milk and and then introducing formula and doing both. And then it was like, okay, now we have to do something new. And again, I think it was the fear of the unknown being the first yeah. time parent, because I can confidently say now we don't have fear of that. But for me, I, I was so anxious. And then I think the shame of like, but I'm a dietitian, but I, but this should be easy, but, and you know, I should know, should, 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 um, so love that you brought in those little tips there too, because I can definitely relate. Um, what are your favorite easy snack lunch ideas or what have your, been your oh. go-tos this summer with the kiddos? Uh, yes. Okay. Well, what age are we talking? Do we want like elementary school or do we want like babies? Do we want 
preschool you, you can give a little variety i know you okay. have like you have one in like almost every category so you yes. can just give a few um i love the simple modern reusable pouches i've been okay. loving those for just loading them up with like plain greek yogurt and then like for over 12 months drizzling some honey in you can make some chia seeds hemp parts i even put like just a bunch of yogurt and frozen blueberries in the blender and i made like six pouches in like five minutes they're great okay. no added sugar um, and they're dishwasher safe. Cause like, I'm not about to scrub the inside of those pouches. They are dishwasher safe. Amazing. Um, and they come in princess prints, which is very cute. So, okay, wait, say the name that. one more time. I'm adding to simple Amazon modern, <laughs> simple top. modern reusable food pouches. Perfect. And uh, I also bought like a jug of applesauce from Walmart and I'm gonna, you can make your own applesauce pouches. They're cheaper mm-hmm. to do that than the, you know, other ones, less waste, whatever. Amazing. So I like that. I like the Archer Farms beef sticks for like a good hit of protein. Um, I've been using the Go-Go Squeeze yogurt for like a shelf-stable yogurt option. Okay. Um, but for the, you know, if you need a pouch that you don't want to make, Stonyfield baby yogurt has low added sugar. It also has oats in it or the Stonyfield regular yogurt pouches. Um, they do have a whole milk version, but it's harder to find. Okay. Um, I love the Only Bean Edamame. Okay. It's like roasted and mommy. It's delicious. Love that. Um, I love, oh my gosh, I'm trying to think. Uh, that's it bars. I love yes. that's it dried fruit. I love goldfish. I love making like a little trail mix with like goldfish, Cheerios, check squares, chocolate chips, some like granola balls. That's like a fun snack thing. Um, cheese stick and orange. You can like never go wrong with that. Cheese stick and orange is a go-to for me. That's literally um, on my Instagram story right now. I don't know if you saw oh, really? Sienna's no. little hand with holding a cheese stick and then orange slices. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love snack. it. Yes. So it's great, but you do want to make sure that you like cut it lengthwise, mm-hmm. um, for, you, you know, young toddlers. Mm-hmm. Um, I quarter it like a hot dog. You still want to mm-hmm. quarter it. Um, what else do we like? Um, the Trader Joe's has so many fun things. So they have lentil onion rings. Mm. Um, those are really good. Um, they also have letter cookies, like graham crackers that are letters. So I've been like, this is a little extra. I will confess to being a little extra. I've been like spelling things in my daughter's (laughs) lunchbox. So that's been kind of fun. That's so cute. (laughs) Yes. And then I always love like mini, like mini cucumbers, the mini apples or anything mini, I think is fun for kids. Um, gosh, what else? Oh, the mini ice cream cones from Trader Joe's. Those are a staple in our Amazing. house too. The hold the, I think they're hold the cone. So good. Yes, yes, yes. And they always and have like seasonal ones too. Oh, they do? I've oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. So around with the holidays coming up, you'll have to keep an eye out during uh, the fall. They either do... I, forget, I think it's a ginger flavored ice cream. Huh. And then like the hard coating is pumpkin spice. And oh. then they do a, like a pink peppermint ice cream with oh the chocolate gosh. during Christmas. So I will keep be your eyes the entire stock of that. Yes. <laughs> so good. Yeah. I mean, I like, I love that. I love uh, bars. Uh, so like I've been buying made good bars because they're allergen free for, for my kids' schools. Okay. Um, and because they're lower in sugar and we talked, I think the last time that my kid's school is a no low sugar school. So I have wow. to be mindful of that. Uh, and then Lara bars. Those are kind of my like. That's my like routine of snacks. I like rotate through all of those things. I'm literally going to purchase every single one that you just said, (laughs) because you know how you like just get stuck in your own products that, you know, and everything that you've said, I've heard of, but I've just, it's, you just don't think about it until 
Yeah, you know, I know it's fun. Sna- new else. snacks is fun. Yes. Oh, wait, one more thing I want to add is there are Vienna chickpeas, roasted oh, I chickpeas. I love those. But the honey roasted, oh, so those, good. They are those so ones delicious. are my favorite. The ranch, yes, they're so pretty good sweet. too, if you're looking for like more of a savory. A savory. But yeah. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Well, anyone listening can go just rewind where we started the snacks like pause after each write it down and now you have a full snack i can send you a link i have a like my favorite amazon snacks i can send you that if you want that perfect i'll wait to press order on anything so i can make sure i add them from your cart okay (laughs) um for sure Awesome. Okay. Well, Taylor, for, for parents and all listeners listening, as they walk away from this episode, what is one lasting thought you want them to remember regarding feeding their children? If they don't remember anything else we talked about and they just remember this, what do you want parents to know about feeding their children? I want you to know that if you are thinking about how to help your kid have a healthy relationship with food, that's amazing. You are doing a good job that you are working towards it and thinking about it. And I just think that's incredible. So you should give yourself a pat on the back because it can feel really tough, but just the fact that you're like at this point and you've decided it's important to you, that's amazing. And your kid is really going to benefit from that. And so Mm. you should be proud of yourself. That's what I will leave, leave with. (laughs) I love that. I think as parents, it's so easy to feel like we're never, you know, we're not doing enough or it's easy to compare. And just the thought, being aware, having awareness is huge, huge. So where can our listeners find you if they want more information? Oh, lots of places. Okay. So uh, you can find me on Instagram, growing.intuitive.eaters. I post videos almost daily, except for Sundays. Um, I post on TikTok. I'm at dr.taylorarnold and similar content to Instagram. You can also find me on my YouTube, Growing Intuitive Eaters. I have several free courses there, Starting Solids for Infants, um, Raising an Intuitive Eater, and Addressing Picky Eating. Those are all like full comprehensive courses. So, um, you know, the baby one has a PDF guide and there's homework and, but the videos are short. They're like really digestible. So if you're looking for guidance on how to do that, those courses are there. They're 100% free because I really think that, Every parent deserves to have evidence-based information about how to feed their kids. And one of the ways that I am doing that is by putting my courses for free on YouTube. So I hope you'll check those out. And um, I also have some like extra handouts and I post some, some of like my family's meal plans in my Patreon page. So if you want that, or you just want to support my courses and free work um, or free content, you can also find me on Patreon. Oh, I love that. And as someone who has taken your starting solids YouTube course, (laughs) I can say it is amazing. We had you, uh, we had our, you hooked up from our computer onto our like big TV in the family room. I think I tagged you in one. It was just like, your face was like on my wall. And I was like, yeah, I remember that. I'm very anxious and I have no idea what I'm doing. So I'm going to watch Dr. Taylor's videos and they were amazing. So thank you for all that you do. um, And just thank you for being here today. I'm so glad it was a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of what the actual fork pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. So if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all of your friends and faves, and don't forget to rate and review and let us know what you want to hear more of. The more we hear from you, the more that we can make these episodes exactly what you want. 
We would also love to connect with you on Instagram at whatthefork.pod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you, we appreciate you, and we will see you next week for more fun.